Special guests are in the house today with me. It is Hot Topics Week One on the Deep End Podcast. Waters Church presents the Deep End Podcast Hot Topics. So welcome in, everybody, and we're so glad that you are here today. Uh, joining us live on Facebook, let us know in the chat, in the comments, where you're watching from. I'm monitoring my own comments today, so I will see them myself. And the reason is because today I will not be doing the lion's share of the talking for once. And I'm actually happy about that, looking forward to that. We do this every Wednesday at 12 noon, talking about the Bible, talking about life, talking about culture, talking about how, as Christians, we are to respond to culture. And today, I can't think of a better topic to address in today's generation than the topic of the Christian's response and the Christian ministry to those who identify as LGBT. It is Pride Month out in the world today. Uh, It is share it, proclaim it, uh, flaunt it, whatever you want to say, celebrate it everywhere else. But the Church of Jesus Christ has a mandate from God to live according to his word and to spread the message of his grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. And in many ways, we are going to have to live counter to our culture. So today, answering questions from you from this past weekend's message. So in the Facebook comments, you can even ask questions live, and we will hopefully get to some. We have already got many pre uh, pre-submitted to this moment, and we're going to ask some of those questions, but I want you to welcome into the studio with me our guests back again from the weekend, uh, Stephen and Irene Bennett. Hello, guys. Hi. Hi. It's, ooh. Very hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot, yes. It's great to be back here. Thank Good you to for have having you guys. us. And we have plenty of hot sauce should you get thirsty. Yes, oh, so. thank, thank you. you. All these little hot sauce bottles. <laughs> anyway, that was a, a great weekend, and I got and you asked me just before we went on, which, what was the response? And I can't tell you how positive the response Fantastic. was. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was Wonderful. enormously positive. People, I think, it was almost as if la- this past weekend, and I don't always have this experience, but this past weekend was water in a desert for so many people. Mm. Because this is an issue that's not going away. Uh, it is a challenge that the church is going to have to step up its game with, uh, but we have to do it in a way that is... Um, Christ-like, and, and that's always going to be the, the wrestle, the yes. wrestling match that we have with ourselves and with the flesh and with the world and with the devil and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of this, where the world is saying, let's celebrate it and affirm it and, and rejoice in it, and the church has got this message from an ancient text that we can either ignore or we can trust as the revealed word of God, and we have to live counter to sure. our culture. So Steve and Irene, um, to begin today... Anything that you didn't get to say this past weekend that you guys want to just kind of lead with before we get to some of these questions? These questions are great and they're so important and I really want to help people who either are identifying as LGBT or have a friend or a family member who identifies. A lot of questions about that uh, were submitted. But anything you want to say right off the bat? You know, um, one thing I wanted to actually just expound on just a little bit is uh, the change that happened with me it was nothing that I was able to do on my own. And again, I always preface it, which I shouldn't have to keep saying this, but I don't claim to be the most masculine person in the world. But what God had done for me just changed my whole entire life. He took someone who was very, very self-centered, just focusing always in on me. And when I was with my partner, it was all about us, you know, and just very, it's the homosexual lifestyle is a very self-centered, 
sensual lifestyle. And I know people are not going to like to hear that, but right. it truly is. Yeah. And becoming, be, be a, becoming a, a husband and a father, I had to take everything that I knew and, and basically push it down so I can actually become the man of God that he wanted me to be. Yeah. It was no longer about Steve and what Steve wanted. And even with my artwork, I'm an artist and I did portrait work for, for many years and a lot of celebrity work and other things. And there's a great song by B.B. Winans called So Glad. And uh, when I heard the song, my wife kept saying, you got to hear it, you got to hear it. Uh, after finally a year, I listened to it and I just started bawling my eyes out because it was almost uh, the line in the song is I built a kingdom made of sand and God blew it all away. And I'm so glad. Yeah. So my whole life, the way that I envisioned it of wanting to be a, you know, a six figure making individual and artist and, uh, you know, driving a Mercedes and, you know, all this kind of stuff with my boyfriend around everything that I wanted, God had changed mm. and it no longer, it was something I no longer valued. Mm. And it, God just really turned everything around, and He just uh, gave me more abundantly than I could ever ask or think. I've got a beautiful wife. We just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary, mm, and congratulations. Uh, two beautiful kids. Yeah. Our daughter is going to be 20, our son 18, and He's given us a wonderful family. You know, I'm never going to be alone yeah. in life. I have so many gay and lesbian friends who I love dearly, and transgender people. Mm. Some of them who are, are older, who are in their 60s or older, my heart breaks because they're such wonderful, loving people, but they're by themselves. Yeah. And, you know, they've, they've carried the banner and the gay pride flag for so long, and, and many of them are just very lonely. Right. But they still will wave that flag no matter what, and, you know, so we're just, I'm just very grateful and thankful for what God has done in my life and our whole desire, and even coming here and uh, speaking with you, and again, wonderful message, amazing church, is to really thank you for proclaiming God's truth. For 18 years, we've been trying to get churches to address this issue yeah. and take it on. And just like you said, people who are, it's like water in a desert. You know, many people feel the same way that we feel, and but no one is addressing no the issue. No one's saying anything. And you know, I have so many friends, and they have great, huge churches, and you know, I'm not I'm not afraid to say this. We are cool church style, which means we do the lights, we do the smoke, we do the cool band, the cool, you know, atmosphere. We're trying to be cool. We, we really are trying to be attractive. We call it attractional ministry. So the people come into the building and it's not what you would expect from a church. And it's young and it's engaging with the culture in that sense. And it's stylish like that. And I have a lot of friends in ministry that have the same kind of mantra in ministry. Let's have, let's do cool church. That's the slang term for it, but let's do attractional ministry. And they won't say anything about this issue. So many big churches, so many guys on television, so many big names out there that could speak to this issue for the sake of God's people, yes. but they're too, they, they just ignore, they ignore this one issue. And it's like, the, the culture is screaming this louder than ever. And it's not like they're getting quieter. They're actually ramping it up every single year, yes. especially in June. It's not going away. We have got to speak up and say something. You know, that, that great phrase from Edmund Burke, the only, good, the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. Hmm. And that's exactly where I feel we are as a culture today. Yes. Uh, and it's not save the culture, it's save the people out of this cultural deterioration that we see. I think God, in spite of the cultural yelling, is 
rescuing men and women, such as yourself, Stephen, many years ago now, but even still today. And could you speak to that for a moment? Because I want our listeners to hear that. You are watching it happen on a regular basis through your ministry. Yes. SBMWorldwide.com, just Correct. so everybody knows. SBM Worldwide, Stephen Bennett Ministries, that's the initials, uh, Worldwide.com. But speak to that. So we, we get calls on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, of people who are struggling, people who need help, and we're getting calls uh, as young as 15 years old. Of course, we, we will have to speak with their parents and get permission before we speak with them yeah. at that age. However, we're getting calls, uh, people even in their 60s and 70s, who have been struggling all their life, married with children and everything, but they have been dealing with this for so long. Wow. And, you know, uh, Irene, my wife, of course, runs the parents group ministry, and, you know, she deals with a lot of parents who are brokenhearted and and family members who find out that their loved one just came out as LGBT. Mm. There are so many people over the years, uh, Tim, who have come out of this, who, uh, who have just, they've felt that conflict between their faith as well as their sexuality, and more than anything, just as I did. When I weighed both together, I wanted to see if I could become a gay Christian. As I addressed on the weekend, it is impossible to identify as a gay gay Christian. Homosexuality and um, Christianity Christianity are like oil and water. They do not mix. So I needed to make a decision. I was either going to remain in my sin, and yes, homosexuality, unfortunately, that's the Bible said it. I didn't write it. The Bible, that's what God says. Yeah. And I believe it's God's word 100%. So if God says it, by faith I believe it. Mm. So um, I had to decide whether it was I was going to either be a Christian or whether I was going to remain as a, a gay man. So, so many people who call this ministry who are truly looking for help, we've seen so many people come out of this. Mm. There are so many former homosexual men, women, former transgender people who have gotten right to the point of going up and either having something chopped off or added on, and they felt God and the Holy Spirit saying, stop, Mm. and they have. So there are so many people out there who are desiring, who are desiring to be the true men and women that God have created them to be. They need churches to go to. They need churches where they can feel comfortable and open up and share their struggles. Many of them can't. Right. They're they're either... um, have gossips in the church or or the pastor will just you know uh won't even want to talk to them anymore is because they don't know how to deal with this issue yeah and so we are trying to help the church to understand what this is all really about are people born gay is it a choice is it something different and how can a person truly uh seek god and come out of this lifestyle and that's what this ministry has been about we have been um we have been in ministry for 18 years And there was a huge organization called Exodus International, which was represented an umbrella for many ministries all over the world. It collapsed in 2012. I knew something right in the beginning that something was wrong with that organization, and we never became part of it. And when they collapsed, so many of their leaders and everything said, okay, well, I've been gay the entire time. They're now touting that rainbow flag, and they've come out, and there are very few left of us standing. Now, God always says he'll always provide a remnant. I take that application, so I'm not trying to be self-righteous here, but there are very few ministries out there really proclaiming this truth and really there to help individuals, and very few churches addressing this where they really understand what this is all about. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I'd like to speak to those who are struggling with same-sex attraction Mm. or transgender um, being transgender, and 
what I want to say to all of these people is, please, if you have tried to um, come out of same-sex attraction and you feel that you're still um, struggling with this, many, many people call the ministry and they feel so condemned because they're, they ask us, why, why um, am I not free from this? Mm. I've prayed, I've prayed, and I've done this, and I've done that. And I'd like to say to you, first of all, condemnation is not from the Lord. No. It is from the enemy. And the enemy, em, enemy wants nothing more than to push you down and keep you there and discourage you. But, but God, he convicts you because he wants to raise you up and heal you and help you to be better. Don't listen to your flesh. Don't listen to the devil. It's very, very common for one-third of those who um, are trying to come out of homosexuality to be completely free, one-third to still struggle somewhat, and one-third say, I, I forget this, it's too difficult. Yeah. I just don't want to do this. I'm just going to go be gay. But let me tell you that your life is worth fighting for. Yeah, that's good. Do not give up. And I want to say also that in my own experience, uh, I believe that when you struggle with um, a natural God-given desire that is perverted, like the desire for love, which is the root of homosexuality, it's oftentimes much more difficult to get victory over that. And uh, let me just tell you, uh, I used to have bulimia, and it took me probably 20 years to be completely free of bulimia, but it's the same kind of thing. It was, okay, eating. I used eating as the outlet for emotional distress, but the desire to eat is a natural desire that I perverted. Right. And I think a perversion of a natural desire to you know, us making it a sin is more difficult to get over than, say, if I was smoking and I quit smoking or if I was an alcoholic. I don't look at liquor. I don't buy it. I don't go to where they serve liquor. But for you, you wake up every morning and you don't want to be alone. You want to feel loved. You want to be loved. It's a natural desire that has been perverted. it's a natural desire. But please don't make the mistake of so many Christian uh, churches saying that homosexuality is the abomination, is worse than any other sin. It is not worse than any other sin. It is sin is sin, and please don't beat yourself up. But and the thing about it is, is that there's the, this is where the confusion comes in because you just said one third, one third, one third, one third come out, one third struggle with, and then one third just say it's too hard. But we can apply that. I think we could apply that same measurement to almost anything. Absolutely. Let's say greed, like the person who just never is happy with what they have, never feels like they have enough money, always trying to you know, make themselves slaves to the almighty dollar. And one third come out of that and one third struggle with that. And then one third say, it's too hard to give up my love for money to serve the Lord. How many people come to church every week? They give nothing to the kingdom of God. And then they look at the homosexual and they say, going to hell. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. Do you know that like the number one sin that Jesus addressed uh, repeatedly and said regularly, watch out for, be on your guard for, was greed. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he really condemned that 
that um, inordinate desire, you know, because the desire to have things is also a good desire, but the desire to have everything and all things that you could imagine is an inordinate desire, right? Corrupted, like you're saying, with love. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's a key uh, um, phraseology, I guess you could say, uh, around this issue to say, look, there's many reasons for which people say Christianity is too hard. This is one of them. Absolutely. So it's not like we're going to say to the person who says, I'm done with Christianity and I'm going to live in that way, that you doing that is any worse than the person saying, I'm done with Christianity. I'm going to go and make as much money until I kill myself, you know, that sort of thing. But um, let's get into a question right away here that came in from this week. This is an important question because I think this person speaks for many. Uh, The question was to you directly, Stephen. Uh, Could your mom have done anything differently that you would have that you would have changed the path that would have that you think would have changed the path you took i say that because i you mentioned she tried to be both mom and dad but obviously couldn't in hindsight what do you think it would have been better and she asked this because i'm in a similar situation with my son and i worry about it yeah so let me say i do not want from what i said and i should have clarified a little bit more i don't want anyone to feel i was judging single mothers or single fathers for you know doing what they can it's very honorable what my mom tried to do yeah. again i didn't grow up in a christian home I don't think my mother really could have done anything different. I think what could have changed my entire life and path was my father. Mm. You know, many times with homosexuality, and there's not a cookie-cutter answer why people end up down that path, but many times there is definitely a same-sex parent component to it. Mm. Not all the time, Mm -hmm. but many times there is. It could be the issue. It could be one part of the issues that are are surrounding there. So if my father were a father and had loved me more than anything and, you know, showed me love and and just, yeah, played sports with me and just spent time with me and told me how much I was worth to him. Yeah. You know, I probably would have never even struggled down this path whatsoever, you know. But, um, again, I think that, you know, looking back, you know, what would they say, woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, God had me here for this purpose, I truly believe, uh, in my life to address this. Again, I had a list of things that I wanted to do and I wish I could have been. None of it came true. Right. You know, but God has me where I'm at right now. And I had I was having a talk with my daughter um, a couple weeks back. And my daughter is so deep. She talks really deep and we're able to talk. We've addressed my my homosexuality many times with her and she asks any questions that she wants to. Um, but when Chloe was talking to me, you know, something that she said that really touched me is she said, you know what, Dad, if you had never changed, I would never have been here. Yeah. And she started crying, and mm. she said, and, and then I, of course, started crying. Right. In my old age, I'm like, oh, I'm crying over everything <laughs> from now. But, you know, I, I love my daughter so much because she has such a heart and compassion toward people now. She And even my son, he in school, he just graduated high school, and one of the awards that he got or when they shared is that my son Blake was always there to stand up for the underdog. He yeah. would just not let anyone be pushed around or or falsely accused or whatever. So you know, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying here, but I'm just I'm I'm so grateful for the path that God has taken me down. But regarding to the it, mother to the well, mother that does have that son, yes. and she's worried. What do you say to that mother? I say it's very important, and you can say I think it's very important that other men within the church can now oh, step, there you go. Uh, step step up to the plate. And, and reach out to that child. And if there's not a father or male in, individual in that picture, become the dad for that child. That's good. You know, become where you can take the kid out and, 
And again, it's not just about sports, but, you know, uh, spend time with the kid. Let him know how much he's loved mm. and make sure the, the mother knows this individual very well, because obviously yes. things could go crazy wrong there. But I just think you've got to bring another male or other males into that picture and really affirm their gender that God has given them and let them feel 100% comfortable and loved as, as a, a, a man. And to the single mother, I would say model for your son what a godly woman is mm -hmm. so that he will understand that he can grow up one day and have a wife, a godly wife mm. like you. Also, don't be over-domineering in his life, uh, which is, of course, not biblical. And don't be uh, a weak mother where you're going to your son sort of like a, a surrogate husband. Substitute yeah. spouse, we call it. don't burden him with things That's that good. should not be yes. uh, in his life. Yes. And those are <laughs> the two extremes. And But... Please try to be in the middle and love him, mm. love him and encourage him. I want him. to recommend it in a phenomenal book, too, that I think would probably help her out. Uh, even though it was many years ago, Dr. James Dobson, um, I agree with the, some things he says and some things I don't, but yeah. our, our old pastor always used to say, look at things as like a fish dinner. You eat the meat and spit out the right, bones. Yeah. But he wrote an amazing book called Bringing Up Boys. Uh, for this woman, get a copy of that book. It's okay. very important, and it and it helps. He gives so much wisdom on for single moms on how a single mom should uh, raise a son, and if there is not a father involved, you know what can he do? And there's also another book I'd uh, mention, and it's by Dr. Joseph Nicolosi, who's passed away. He was the head of NARTH, um, and NARTH is the national. I get this wrong. National Association on Research and Therapy on, on Homosexuality. Mm. Anyway, it's an amazing book called Preventing Homosexuality. And if she's got any concerns about her son, get a copy of that book. But I think chapter 11, maybe, in Dr. Dobson's book addresses the homosexual issue. But it's an amazing book for uh, a mom raising a son. Mm, that's good. I got this question, too. And this, I think, was asked. This applies to many of the other questions that came in. But let me just get it out. My father got married to another man, and at the time, my mentality was that God does not want us to judge, so why should we? And so I was witness to the ceremony. I do love my father dearly and his partner as well. Am I sinning if I talk to them or enjoy special events such as Christmas or Thanksgiving? What do I do? Please let me know, for I am torn with these decisions. I think a lot of people struggle with that. What do I do with my loved one who's engaged in that relationship? Um, well, you have a relationship with both of them, of course, and that's already established, and I think you should continue to love them as Jesus would love them. Yeah. Pray for them. Ask for the Lord for opportunities uh, to share. Uh, perhaps you can share what has happened in your own life right. and what it means to you. And uh, they they can't judge you for what that's you right. believe. <laughs> and you're and in their life for a reason. That's right. That's and right. I think you have is, a, I'm sorry, a great opportunity. And I think God has definitely placed you there. Uh, and they'll listen to you. This is the difference between you meeting someone and saying, hey, you know, uh, Jesus says you're going to go to hell if you're a sinner, and they don't know you. And they're not going to probably believe you. Which we would never you. say to right, have right. say But, that. you know, people go out there and they stand with signs, you know, homosexuals go to hell, and uh, that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. But they know you, and they know that you love them, 
So I think you have a great opportunity because they're going to listen to you because they know you love them. And you said something very important on Sunday, which a lot of people actually came back and gave me feedback about, which was don't try to uh, win them to Christ because they're gay. Win them to Christ because they're sinners. You got it. You got it. I mean, that's the that's like. The, uh, that's the epitome of that's the right. You don't even have to. You don't even have to address the gay issue with someone. You can very easily lead a person to Christ without even addressing that issue. My whole my my whole point and feeling is this: is that the Bible says that when we receive, when when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. Yes, it's the earnest, the deposit of the Holy Spirit. No man can pluck us out or right. you know so that that we always have that we're always of Christ from sealed that point. in the Holy Spirit. Right, and the Bible also says that. When a person has the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will guide him to all truth and knowledge. So yes. my whole thing is get a person saved, gay, lesbian, uh, uh, any other thing, a robber, uh, an alcoholic, I don't care who they are, a, a very religious person who doesn't yeah. have Christ, got them in their head, not in their heart. Get that person, let them get saved, and then God will begin working with them and clean out all the goop in their life, and it happens every time. You know, So it's it so important, to, to you don't even have to address the gay issue. What about that person that's in our church? And I know that they're out there, um, raised in the church. Um, maybe, like you just said, has Christ here, not here? And they say, nope, this is who I am. I'm gay, and I'm a Christian too, and I'm going to just live like this and, and you know forget everybody in the church and what they're saying to me. What would you say to that person? I would say, based on the authority of the Word of God, you are in some deep hot water. If you yeah. continue to to fight against or a kick against the pricks as the, the as Bible Paul said was warned against yes you know what you never want to go up uh you know a, a great play your arms are too short to box with God yeah I would never ever want to be in that position if you have if you have sin in your life and the Bible addresses it and the Bible calls it sin it's best to always confess whatever that is share that repent totally turn around make a 180 from that and get help. There's other people here as Christians. We need to to laugh with each other, weep with one another, cry with one another. I want to be a brother to other Christians. Iron sharpens iron. Yes. We're here to help one another. You know, no one is greater than anyone else. You know, uh, we both all bleed the same color. You know, and it's very important that we're here for one another and people don't feel funny. But if you have got that pride within you and you say, I don't care, I'm doing this or that, you know what, you are in some hot water. You know, You're in some hot Tabasco yeah. sauce, buddy. <laughs> It'll be hotter than that, trust me. That's one of the things that I think we need to start saying more often as the church, and we, we do this as evangelical Christians. We avoid certain things that Jesus said because it doesn't sound nice and kind. And, and it's one of the things that I, it's one of the drums that I beat around here. Jesus was not nice. Nice people don't get crucified. Jesus confronted sin when he saw sin. Yes. Now, did he confront certain sins harsher than others in the Gospels? Of course, because the, the sin that was rampant in his age was the hypocrisy of the religious. Mm -hmm. That was the enormous sin. That was the one that they bragged about and celebrated, and it was culturally accepted to be a Pharisee or a Sadducee and to look down on others and all that. And, and so he takes that sin head on, and he is kind and compassionate with the adulterer and the fornicator and the prostitutes and the woman at the well, five husbands and all that stuff. He's kind to them, those people because in that culture, those sins were already castigated, yes. and the sins of hypocrisy were celebrated. But we're in a culture that's completely opposite of that. Yes. Religious hypocrisy is still, you know, is, is, well, I'm sorry, no. Religious hypocrisy today is castigated and sexual morality is almost accepted uh, in many respects beyond the LGBT issue. 
So if Jesus was alive today walking on the face of America, you better believe he would take these sins on hard. He would take them on, you know, uh, uh, head on. And one of the things that he says, which we ignore all the time, is he says, please don't fear anybody who can kill your body and do no more. Yes. Fear him who has the power to cast your body and soul into hell. That is who you should fear. And a lot of people who come to the church with that attitude, this is who I am, I'm going to do it, and I just feel this way and it's right, you're not living with any fear of God, and that is one of the scariest places to be. Absolutely. And sometimes we need to say, listen, this is a warning in love to you. Stop fooling yourself. You are yes. not fooling God. You're not fooling us. And here's the one a question that I have. That person that throws out the suicidal thoughts, that, that person that throws out the feelings of, well, I'm just going to kill myself. And I think, to, me, to be honest with you, as a, as a, as a pastor, sometimes it's manipulative. I just going to say language. that's exactly what's going on. We're dealing with someone right now uh, and really praying for him who's out in the Midwest. And before we came on the, the service, uh, I was speaking with him and his counselor. We had an hour session. They invited me to be part of it. A young guy who we're praying for, uh, three days later I called. He was in the hospital. He tried to commit suicide again. Mm. And the counselor said, Steve, it's it's pure manipulation. He's yeah. manipulating the parents. He's Because if someone wanted to kill themselves, he would have done it immediately. But this is the 19th time since March. Oh, my word. So there's something big, obviously big going on there. But, yeah, so the people who are dealing with this, you have the young parents who— uh, you know, a kid, throw, a boy throws on a pair of mommy's high heels and like, oh, my gosh. And the kid says, you know, I, I like dressing. So the next thing you know, the parents are giving them hormone blockers no and, and they got their own TV show, you know, <laughs> jazz going on. Yeah. What's really sad is that, you know, parents need to understand the word of God. Parents need to be parents and realize who's the parent, who's the child, mm-hmm. and and take it from there. But that's, that's a real pet peeve of mine. Yeah. And in this uh, culture, feelings trump truth. And that is, some, exactly. that is a way that a Christian should never live. I say it all the time that uh, Darwin got rid of God and Freud made sex God. Mm-hmm. And those two guys lived around the same time, you know, or within a couple of decades of each other. And it's amazing how that cultural shift has now become enrooted, ingrained in the West. Yes. Mm-hmm. God doesn't exist and my feelings are God. My sexual yes. desires are God. That's what I'm going to serve. That's what's going to call the shots in my life. Right. Yeah. But it is a, you know, we need to get back to telling people the truth about the fear of God and the reality of there is an eternal judgment. And if anybody online and you, you disagree with what we're saying, um, I got bad news for you. You're not accountable to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can disagree with me and hate me and call me names. I, that's not going to affect me. I'm a grown man. I can take care of myself. You're accountable not to the church. You're accountable to the, the God who created you. Amen. Live in light of that before you start throwing stones at us saying we're intolerant. Yes. Or whatever you want to say. But I do want to take seriously those who really do feel like killing themselves because yeah. of condemnation. And it goes back to uh, what, what uh, we were talking about before. The enemy wants you dead. The enemy wants you yes. destroyed. Yes. You know, our enemy of our soul is out there, the roaring lion, to do everything and anything to destroy you. Don't let him win. Yes. Seek help. Uh, go to people who love you, who you can trust. Talk about this and don't condemn yourself. So there reach is out hope. and share that and you're you know struggling. What? No one can live the Christian life in their own strength, it is impossible. 
It is Christ living through us. Yeah. That's the only way any of us can do anything. In him was life, and that, in him was light, and that life, light was the life of all men. Amen. And we have to remember that he is life, and the enemy and his lies are the road to destruction. Yes. And many respect, and many people think, okay, well, I'm on this road, and it's okay, but that's, we, there, the scriptures are clear. There, there's a road that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction and death, and we are so oftentimes uh, deceived to our own demise. Yes. You know, Pastor, I wonder if I can just uh, say this, and again, I hate to give a little plug, but I think it's really important here, because I know we're not going to be able to accomplish a lot within this hour. Yeah. Um, I think if if people have questions, if they would like to speak with us personally, myself or my wife, please give the ministry a call. They can go online to sbmworldwide.com, yes. and my wife runs theparentsgroup.com. She's got an amazing book she just wrote called Until Your Prodigal Comes Home, uh, Encouragement Along the Way. It will help so many people. But most importantly, I want you to know that we're here for you. Yeah. Just call the ministry. There's a lot of great resources there online. We will help you and pray for you and do everything and anything that we can. And if we need to um, help you find some other support in other ways, we'll definitely do it. Yes, thank you for sharing that. I definitely want to have your resource available to our church beyond this weekend uh, because it, I think it's just... Uh, is so necessary today. Let me ask this question, a little bit nuanced about the family member who is in this category, but a different way in which the question is asked. So this person says, my brother discreetly married a trans man. So this is interesting. He married a female who identifies as a male. Last year, moved away. I think he feels ashamed of his choices. That's why he did did it all secretly. How do I continue to show him the love of Christ's brother without being condemning to him or his husband? How do I even, and this is the nuance, how do I even or maybe should I even reignite a relationship with him when he doesn't keep in touch with anyone in the family? So that's a nuance. Like they don't want anything to do. Do you reach out to them as family members in Christ? What's your advice there? My opinion is is that if the the best way to reach somebody, as Irene was sharing, is through a relationship with person uh, with a person. We don't uh, necessarily believe in drive by track shootings. You know, that's where you yeah. take a track and you flick it out <laughs> at someone, and hey, you know, well, hopefully you'll pray and go to heaven. Blah blah blah. It's important to have a relationship with someone. So if, if this person is really feeling the Holy Spirit's call to be able to witness to her brother, his brother, and wife slash husband, um, you know, I think it's very important that they do do that. Yeah. You know, and, and seek, you know, if you have questions, please reach out, go to, the, go to our website, contact the church, do whatever you, you can. But I think it's really important that we need to know that all of our family, we, all, everyone has gotten an eternity somewhere. And we want to make sure, for me and my family, I want to make sure that my family, that everyone is saved and everyone's going to heaven, including all of my friends. I would be devastated to find out that I've been friends with someone for 30 years and that person has never accepted Christ or never, I never even shared the gospel with them. So it's really important that I think that if this person has the opportunity, please do what you can to really reach out to them in love. And listen, people are not dumb. They know if you're trying to do something that's, you know, the wrong way, people yeah, are not stupid. Yeah, they can sniff that out. Yeah, really in love, be able to share Christ and, and really love them. And de- developing that relationship can help. And yeah. you know what? I wonder what is their mindset that made them move away and cut off all relationships right, with yeah. their family? It's they must have a too. mindset and maybe he, they think, Christians are hypocrites. They might and think mean, that. But you have a chance. Would to you? Would you make the call? You would make the call. I would definitely yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. Call, card, letter, something. Yeah. Pray and see how the Holy Spirit. Still leads love you, you, bro. 
yes. that sort of thing. Yes. Call when you want or call when you feel like you can or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And continue in prayer. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so here's a good question. If a same-sex couple is married and have been devoted in a relationship for 20 years with a few children and they... Again, we've already addressed this, but and they are Christians, quote unquote Christians. Would the word of God tell them to just divorce and split up their family? This is a question that's going to be more prominent as we get further and further into Absolutely. the Absolutely. Listen, yeah. God's word is is unchanging. Yeah. You know, it's uh, Jesus said, not a jot or a tittle will pass from the law. It's a very hard thing when a person goes in their own strength and lives their own life contrary to the Word of God and gets themselves in this big, quote, mess, unquote, Mm -hmm. and now what do you do with that? Mm. I think it's really important that if God convicts you, there are things that are going to need to be done, and God will make that very clear in your life. I don't think that um, a person can be truly saved and living that kind of life in a gay marriage with children, and, oh, I'm a Christian and this and that, it's impossible. It's impossible, yeah. Totally impossible. So we actually know uh, a story that was shared, a very dear friend of ours. She was a senior citizen um, who used to be a lesbian. I think she's passed away. We haven't heard from her in many years. But uh, she always shared this story, and you can listen to it on on the website at Um, sbmworldwide.com. She shared the story of how one night she went to a church service, And now it was a lesbian minister who identified as a Christian, so-called Christian, who was also a Mormon, a Mormon. It was, it was, I mean, you throw, you you can't even believe this. But this lady actually said, and and actually the Bible even addresses this, you know, this lady shared the gospel, so-called the gospel, and say, if you want to be free from sin, come up right now and ask Jesus Christ into your heart. And these two women walked up hand in hand, and the moment that they prayed, this woman, Janet, dropped the hand of the other woman, and when they got into the car, she said, did something happen to you? What happened to me? And they both ended up talking, and come to find out, they truly got saved. Mm. I don't believe this lady, the minister, was saved, and all this kooky stuff, but God uses no matter what, and he reached these two women... And they did. They were together for many, many years. They broke up. They separated. They divided whatever property they needed to. And this other woman went on to be such a fire and brimstone witness for the Lord mm. in love. Um, but that's what God does. You know, God can clean up whatever messes we make. And I yeah. hate to say that, but that's what it is. I'm getting a lot of questions around this. We want to talk. I got to. I got to address this as a pastor because the question that people keep asking here is. Uh, why can certain sinners go to heaven and gays not go to heaven when that's their their sin? Um, you want to take this first, and then I'll take it, or you want to? I'll say just let me just throw in a couple words, and then you can take the issue home. Yeah. So again, I firmly believe that a person cannot identify as an active practicing right. homosexual. We have passages in Leviticus in the Old Testament. Well, Jesus never said anything. He clearly addressed it, and Paul clearly addresses the issue as well. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, as I shared, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived. Yeah. Unrighteousness and deception. Neither the fornicator, the adulterer, the extortioner, the murderer, the homosexual yeah. will not inherit the kingdom of God. But Verse 11, but such were, were some, some of you. you. You've been washed, you've been sanctified. It's very important that um, a, a person who identifies as gay comes to a point when Jesus Christ Uh, when they accept Jesus into their heart and the Word of God, they will no longer identify Identify. as a gay man. And I'll tell you, they are are a Christian. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 
Years ago, I was involved with AA, and I'm opening a whole other can of worms here, but hopefully it's not going to, I have to address this. Yeah. When I went to AA, my name is Steve, I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict, and for years, I keep saying that. I didn't drink anymore. I didn't do right. drugs anymore. Right. So I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict. And actually, my higher power is not the door or the doorknob or whatever. Yeah. I want. It's Jesus Christ. He saved me. He set me free. Amen. I'm not an alcoholic and I'm not a drug addict. So I could no longer go there because they would get mad. How yeah. dare you say you've been? I've been set free from it. Jesus took that stuff and totally set me free. Yeah. So, and it's the same thing with homosexuality. If you keep going, I'm Steve and I'm, a, or I'm John and I'm, I'm a gay Christian, you know, it is impossible. You can't serve two masters. You Just can. like Jesus said, you're going to either serve love of self and your sexual sin, or you're going to, to serve the Lord. And remember, and one thing let me say too, uh, since we're opening all these can of worms here and hot topic, pouring more hot gasoline on the fire. Yes. Uh, when you talk about issues like this, number one, yes homosexuality is sin. It's because God says that it's sin. But most importantly, people need to realize that they can completely come out of that. Yes, They can completely come out of it. Just as a drug addict can stop doing drugs, just as an uh, adulterer can stop having, you know, fornicating and affairs, uh, you know, without his spouse or his wife or whatever, a person can completely change and no longer be homosexual. But you cannot in any way, shape, or form say, I'm a gay Christian. If that's the way that you truly feel in your heart, you know what? I'll be so bold to say you have not been saved. Jesus Christ has not saved you. You are serving yourself. And homosexuality is a... uh, Homosexuality is... um, the word I'm trying to say here. It's a behavior-based lifestyle. You know, people say, well, I'm either white, black, gay, straight. No, no, no. A person is born with white skin or colored skin. And it's not, it's not a sin to be born black or, or Chinese or, or white or any of that. Homosexuality is a behavior-based lifestyle that we firmly believe no one is born with. And even if for some day someone should come out and say that, you know, we have proof that a person has been, uh, people are born gay. That still will not negate or change the Word of God. Right. God's Word is still for the fact, if that's you, you can stop engaging in the homosexual behavior. The attraction and the, the temptation is not sin. It's what you do with it's that. What it's what you sin. do with it. And the other thing that we have to remind people, and Christians listening, and some who think they're Christians and you're listening, um, is God's arm too short to save? Meaning, don't, don't you then also uh, segregate sins from one, one another? You're saying we do by saying, oh, how dare you take gays and put them in this category and you put other sinners in this category. But you're doing the same thing when you say the opposite is true, which God does accept homosexual lifestyles and not other sinful lifestyles. You're also segregating and you're saying God has the power to save the alcoholic and God has the power to save the liar and a thief. And the, but there's, there's, this is... This is uh, unchangeable. Yes. No, no, no. We serve a God of unlimited power. Nothing is too difficult. When when the rich young ruler wa- walked away from Jesus, the disciples said, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Yes. Which Amen. means any sinner and any uh, attraction or affinity for any 
kind of sin can be changed yes. through the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we've got to get that message out. Yes. So many Christians are confused by what they're hearing out there in the culture rather than what the word of God has revealed for all eternity. Yes. Our God is not too short. Our God's arm is not too short to save. He is not powerless against this sin. That's right. And, and, and that has to be said in a culture of such severe confusion in this, in this department. You know what I love when you preached this weekend, when you were preaching from Romans chapter 1, you said something that was just, of course it's right in the Bible, but talking about people who not only, uh, who they not only engage in that, or they may not even engage, but they approve of those, of those who are who involved yes. in that sin. You know, it's, it is so wrong to even be that way. Well, we need to be loving and accepting, and, you know, we're, you know, marching in the gay pride parades with our friends. Uh, hey, here's a, another hot thing of you know going to gay wedding ceremonies. That's a question. Yeah. So let's let's address that. that right now because I firmly believe in this ministry is taught from day one, and people might think I'm hateful, and I believe that a person cannot cannot go to a same sex wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. Why? And as my wife addresses in her book and says all the time, so eloquent. Will you say it? Yeah. Uh, well, marriage is of course. Uh, between a man and a woman, and it's ordained by God, and it is a celebration. Amen. It's yeah. a celebration. A holy covenant, a celebration. So how in good conscience can a Christian go to a same-sex marriage and celebrate their sin? Their right. union is sin. You know, the. I mean, you can love another person, but when it turns sexual, it's sin. Yeah, and if a person, a and if, yeah, and if a person has already, if they've already gone to, and they feel like now they're feeling condemned, please don't. Right. You know, it, it, you, you, people know. I think now what we're, we're where we're coming from and what we're saying, but it's very important to realize that we need to be such strong witnesses today in a society and in a world where everything is going to hell in a handbasket quicker than anything. We have to stand for the truth. We have to stand in love for the truth. Not in a condemning way, but people are really needing to know. They're they're craving, as you said, they're craving like water in a desert. They're craving the truth, and we have to share it in love with them. We you know, that's the thing too. Let's talk, let's identify love because people yeah. will say, "Oh, but that's unloving to not go to the wedding." No, wait, wait, wait. Identify what love is. Please don't make love this mushy sentimentality because God never does. That's right. God's love was demonstrated in this that while we were still sinners, He gave His Son for our sins. Amen. Love is action rooted in truth. Mm-hmm. Love that is action not rooted in truth is not love. That yes. has to be stipulated. So if you do something and you think you're doing it because you love someone, but it's not rooted in the truth of God's word, you are actually not loving that person. That's right. You are endorsing something that could long-term hurt them and cause irreparable harm in their lives. Yes. And so, so many Christians are confused about this. Well, I want to love them. I want to be loving. I don't want to be judging. I want to be loving. But wait, what is love? And this is... This is the failure of many Christians because they define God by what they determine love is. Yes. But the Bible never says love is God. The Bible says God is love. Mm -hmm. He gets to define what love is. Love does not get to define who God is. Right. And these people don't need need to realize that, you know, you can love a person right into hell. And that's what many Christians are actually doing by their actions, by sharing things, and actually by not even saying anything. Mm -hmm. They are loving people right into hell. And that is something that I would never, ever, ever want to do with my family or my friends. We're very, very dear friends with a neighbor of ours. And I love her. I love her as a sister to me. And she's a lesbian woman. And 
we love each other more than anything. She's on one spectrum, I'm on another, but you know what? We've, we've come together where we can meet, and I really believe that, um, you know, I, I share Christ with her, and, you know, uh, she might even be listening to this broadcast, or maybe even listening, and she knows that I love her more than anything. But I have to share the truth in love, because the most important thing for anyone in this life to realize is that, as you said, God is love, we have a whole. We have the Bible. It's God's instruction manual. He's given it to every single one of us. And no matter what path we're on, I always say that you could be in a big room and there's 20 doors in front of you. I mm-hmm. went down homosexuality, yes. drugs, this and that. What did you go down through? You know, maybe your religiosity or or anything else. But it's so important that we need to love people with God's truth mm-hmm. and let and share the truth of God with them. Be instant in season and out of season. And so and then if it offends them, I'm sorry, it's not me who's offended, it's mm. it's the word of God. Yeah, and the two the two most important commandments Jesus said is love God and love others, but we are ineffective if we love them the wrong way. That's right. We have to love have them to the love right them way. Rooted in truth. Yes. And and this is where taking up your cross really hits home because Jesus said take up your cross and follow me. You want to follow me it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you some friends. It's going to cost you some family members. It's going to cost you some people liking you. Are you okay with that? Because he was hated by all men. He was rejected by all men. His disciples walked away from him. His one of his closest friends betrayed him. Speaking the truth and living the truth is not going to be easy in this culture in this conversation and in a host of other conversations yes and christians you've got to man up and be a christian like woman up man up <laughs> and be a christian and not worry so much about whether you're liked whether you're approved of that's what they're looking for that's right our approval comes from our father in heaven it does not then therefore need to come from the people around us who do not love our father in heaven yes and we have to get used to the idea of Sometimes doing the right thing is going to be interpreted as hateful and evil, but if I'm approved of God and what I do, it really doesn't matter what men say about me. Right. Amen. There's two, um, there's two beautiful songs I love, uh, love. My wife and I, we love the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Amazing. Yeah, I love them if too. If <laughs> people get a chance after this, I want you to look up the songs, Take Up Your Cross. It is an amazing, powerful song. Yes. You can even watch the video on YouTube. And also by Damaris Carbeau, I Am Not Ashamed of the Gospel. That song just brings me to tears every, every time I hear that. But what you were mentioning, too, about acceptance, um, we always share in the ministry that there are uh, most gay people and transgender, and you even expounded and said, we are all looking for the same things, the five A's. Yeah. Attention, acceptance, approval. Um, affirmation. Affirmation, and what's the other one? I always forget one. <laughs> I thought you said there were four. There's I know, four. but you There's made me... Four. You, you yeah, got the four. Okay, four, so we got them yeah. all. But you know what? It's true. That's that's what many people are looking yes. for. As human beings, we want to be affirmed and loved. I, I'm I'm okay. You're okay. Remember right. Saturday Night Live? You're I'm yeah. my own best friend. There was a book called I'm Okay, You're Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now stop it. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, here's another question. Again, similar to a previous question, but a different nuance once again. So we talked about the, the, the married people who get saved and should they get divorced if they're in a gay marriage? You said yes. So here's... A nuanced well, I said not. That. I don't say yes. I say let God work in your life, and God will take oh, care yeah. of it all. Okay. So, so I don't want to be misquoted because there's a group of people out there who follow me, and they're going to jump on that. And Stephen is saying that all. I am saying you follow Christ. If they really accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God will direct that, their paths. Okay. Not good. Stephen Bennett. Okay. Good. Thank you for that qualification. Here's here's another question. I have a brother who has gone through the complete sex change 
operation. So let's say he decided to follow the Lord's word. This is a hypothetical. How would he handle walking in Christ if he looks like a woman? I don't know if he could afford another sex change, but if but he is sick and has HIV, and I guess he does, would the Lord accept his repentance even though he looks like a woman or stays as a woman if he repented now? It's confusing to explain, say, to say the least. Answer is so easy. When Jesus was on the cross with the two thieves, yeah, and uh, the thief on there said, you know, save your... You're Christ or God, save yourself and save us too. And the other guy basically said, you know, shut your mouth. Who do you think you're talking to here? And Lord, please remember me when you go into your kingdom. There was always that thing. Well, was he baptized in the name of the Father or in the name of the Son? Was he baptized before? No, he repented and Jesus said, you'll be with me today in paradise. I believe that, you know, God knows the heart. I'm not God and thank God I'm not God. But I believe that if a person is in that condition and truly accepts Jesus and there is a true conversion, there is repentance, um, and they confess Christ with their mouth, I believe that according to the Word of God, yeah. they're going to mm-hmm. be with us in heaven one day. Yeah. And they're going to get a glorified body. Yeah. So whatever you do wrong yes. to this body, That's right. you know, Amen. the Lord has a new one waiting for you. I will share you. this. I remember several years ago in ministry, I had a, a person call me, and I swore it was a woman's voice on the phone, and the person said, um, I, have, I have been living as a transgender individual, a trans woman, for many years, and I'm Jewish, but I came to Christ. I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm a, um, what is it? He's, I'm a true Jew now. Mm. I'm a, so anyway, he believes in Jesus, and he said he spent almost $175,000, dollars mm. on the transition process, and now he is going backwards. He said, I will never be able to, you know, I'll never be the same man that I was before, but I will tell you this is that I will never want to meet Jesus in the body that I'm in my, right now. And I, I believe that that person was not sick or anything, and he was able to do what he was doing. But um, again, I was just so moved and touched by this person's testimony mm. and saying, I'm going backwards now, Amazing. and I, I want to become the man that God has intended me to be. And and really, that's like any any other sin, too. I mean, some is going to cost you a lot more to come back to the way Amen. God originally yeah. intended Amen. to be. But there's other people who have gone down the road of different sinful lifestyles and they're coming back and they're going to pay that. Like I always think about the, the prodigal son. He takes his father's inheritance, wastes it on wild living. He never got that back. Yes. That money was gone. Yes. It was wasted. And when he comes back to the father, he is celebrated as a son once again. But it's not like the father has the money back to give it to him That's again. That's right. It is, sin always has a cost. So saying to those young people right now who are tempted to live together or tempted to have sex outside of marriage because that's the cultural, that's the way it is today. Okay, but sin always has a cost. You walk away from God to your own demise. Yes. Why not save yourself the money, <laughs> save yourself and the, the resources and the heartache, <laughs> And not try it, because there are so many people in our church who could tell you their story of how if they had to do it all over again, they would never have taken those choices. Yes. And, you know, save yourself yeah. if you're that young person living together, uh, living right now, and you're tempted to go in that direction. Let me say this. People who come to this church are so blessed. And here I am. I'm going to puff you up a little bit. Oh, thank you. They, <laughs> they, really, they have an amazing pastor, an amazing church here that's not afraid to address these issues no matter what they are, you're here to help people. If anyone here in this church, in Waters Church, whatever campus you're from, you're struggling with anything, 
reach out to one of the pastors, to one of the yes. deacons, to someone in the church that you can open up to. You don't have to go down this path and by yourself, and you can be spared the money and the heartache. And just, I love that. You know, sin has a price, and you will pay. Satan wants you to get to that point where he's going to rip that rug out right from you, and you're going to just be hanging there. Yes. So, you know, please reach out and open up to someone. And to those Christians who are, okay, on on the wall and thinking, okay, I'm going to start witnessing. Well, praise God for you. And remember, there are so many scriptures where God says, be courageous. Yes. He will strengthen your heart. Yeah. Be Be courageous. Go out there in faith and the Lord will give you the words. He will give you, uh, opportunities and divine intersections and I always you just that, you just wait right. i always love that word to one of the kings of israel who was trying to make a he was uh, facing at one enemy so he makes a covenant with a, another enemy to fight the other enemy yes. and the prophet comes and says what are you doing he, and he says to the king he says don't you realize that the eyes of the lord are searching the entire earth looking for people whose hearts to strengthen in him yes and who obey his word but you have done foolishly by making this alliance. Like, people don't get that. Like, we think we're on this fight. We're in this fight alone against sin, the flesh, and the devil, and the world. We're not. If we stand up and if we do what God wants, his eyes are looking for that person. He's searching the globe for people like this. If you're that person, the strength's going to come. It sounds sounds like an episode from the Badlands. (laughs) <laughs> the, 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 the king making one with the bad one. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all from the Bible. It yes. all comes <laughs> anyway, here's a good question, too. Uh, back to parenting, and I think we can go straight to you here, Irene. How do you respond to individuals whom identified, I'm sorry, not to the people who identified as homosexuals or transgenders, but to the parents of children whom the parents are now saying they embrace their true identity? Uh, how do you respond to them without sounding like you're attacking their children, but you still hold to what the Word of God says? Well, I would first uh, try to witness to witness to them and to talk the parents. about to the parents talk about Christ. Can a parent be accepting of their child's sexual identity that is in discord with God's word and still be a Christian? Uh, no, not yeah. a, not a Christian parent. Yeah. No, no. You you need to if you are confused on this subject, please read the Bible, educate yourself, uh, get my book until your prodigal comes home. Yeah. Uh, no child is uh, born in the wrong body, believe right. me, and no child was made uh, to uh, like and fall in love with the same sex. That is not in God's design. Uh, and as a parent, I think that it's uh, important that you should realize that there are root issues that cause same-sex attraction. Yeah. And especially if your child is young, you, you have a great opportunity to help your child and intervene, educate yourself. We don't have the time uh, to go into all the causes of same-sex attraction, but there are many and it's complicated. Yeah. But look for information on that and call our ministry. We would love to help you. I would love Let to Let me share this one quick that. story. I think it's on the flip side of that. Um, I was a little bit confused about the question, but no. I am, uh, I'm friends with uh, an individual on Facebook and this person was a raised in a very strong, fundamental, independent Baptist church, mm. uh, father of six children with a godly wife and everything. And this guy has decided that he is no longer a husband and a father, that he is a woman. And mm. he ended up breaking up this family of six children and, and the wife. 
and he has gone off to live, and now to see he is living in this one little tiny room with hardly anything, yet he is clinging on to that transgender. He says, you know, and here's an analogy that I heard once, and this is something that maybe you've heard, it'll always stick with a person. Here's the way that sin is. There's a story of uh, two uh, of an Eskimo family, and they would catch fish for their business, and they'd put the fish out at night, and the coyotes would always come to eat the fish. And they finally had to do something because they were eating up their whole livelihood. So uh, the coyotes were always about licking blood. That's They would lick the blood, and that's what would attract them. So they ended up taking a bunch of double-edged razor blades and freezing them in a huge block of ice mm. and poured blood all over there. So at night, with the, the fish, they put the fish away, and at night all the coyotes and the wolves, or I, one of them, came and the, from the youngest to the oldest, licking and licking yeah. and licking, till finally the point where the razor blades came out and started licking their, you know, shredding their tongues, where they couldn't stop because of the blood. They couldn't stop. And then finally, every single one of them died and bled to death. That's the way that our sin is. Yeah. Sometimes we hold on to that sin where you see people, for example, I'm, I'm very, and I hate to say I'm very against uh, regarding smoking. Smoking, c- cancer killed both of my parents early on. Mm. And... It, it's a tragedy because my parents loved their sin more than they did my children, who they never got to meet. My father did, but not my mother. But still, it was almost like they were holding on to that sin until the very end. Even knew they knew it was killing them and they were having that cancer, they still wanted that last cigarette and last smoke. And that's just, that's the wickedness of the way sin is in all of our lives, no matter what kind of sin is. Is you, like a little kid, you want that lollipop and you don't want to let it go. Yes. That's good. And it's so uh, um, evidenced in the life of Samson, who keeps chasing after those foreign women and then chases after Delilah. And the first foreign woman, Delilah was the second. The first foreign woman also uh, betrayed him and and, uh, deceived him and tricked him. The second one, Delilah, so he doesn't learn his lesson. And then before you know it, he's telling her the secret is great strength and he's, you know, handicapped and and put in chains and, and, you know, suffering. And it's that great preacher line, which is sin first, um, sin first blinds you and then it grinds you. Like you don't see it taking root and then starting to make you numb to the effects until it's too late and you're in chains. And another thing that we always say is that sin takes, it begins as a toehold, a foothold, and then a stronghold in someone's right, life. Yeah. And, and while, of course, we know the end of what happened there with Samson, it's amazing to know the mercy and love of the Lord on David's life. David, who was a murderer and, you know, uh, sinning with, was it Bathsheba? Mm-hmm. And even having a child out of wedlock and then killing, sending out for her husband and killing the husband. Out of all of that, God says, that man, David, is a man after my own heart. Yeah. The mercy and the forgiveness of God is just incredible. And I am nowhere anything like that. But when I look back at my life and the sin that I've committed um, being in the gay lifestyle for over 11 years, uh, you know, involved sexually with over with over 100 men easily, you know, knowing that it was by God's mercy and grace, I never, ever uh, was infected with HIV AIDS, where I buried partners and friends in the ground who've died wow. from that. And it's, I mean, the mercy of God, he could have struck me down yeah. dead like that. But, you know, uh, to be having a wife in 25 years of marriage and two wonderful children yeah. and just an amazing, you know, God is just such a loving and, and, and amazing, merciful God. Let me ask one more question here about um, something that you had brought up this past weekend, too. Uh, this person says, I struggle with forgiveness 
uh, forgiving my stepfather who molested me for years and my mother try and and forgiving my mother for trying to have him move back in when he was out of prison because she said God forgives him. What would you say to that person? You know, that is the hardest thing to deal with. But for me, as I shared, when I started reading the Bible and, and you know, of course, the Bible says that the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness. But as soon as I got saved and I was able to really understand the Word of God, I realized when reading Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts or our sins as, you, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yeah. I knew, I knew as much as I hated, and I would have killed, I really would have killed that individual if I ever saw that person, again, the molester who molested yeah, wow. me, that I had to forgive him, and it was one of the hardest things ever to do, but I was able to do it. And I know it's, it's so difficult, especially if that's, they said it's a father or a stepfather. Stepfather. Oh my gosh! I know it's and the mother wants to bring him back into the house. What would? Yeah, uh, I, I I think that there's clearly an issue, and the mother really needs to realize that you know you've got a problem there, lady. Yes. But I think it's really important that you know please don't do that. And this person really needs to somehow to be able to forgive this individual. Maybe they never want to see him again. Where there's nothing wrong with that, but they need to come to a place of forgiveness. And I know how hard that must be, but please. Feel free to open up and share with anyone. Call our ministry or open up with anyone here at the church where you can really talk to them and 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 hopefully work this out and really pray for forgiveness. Yeah, for forgive individual. for. Um, God wants us to forgive uh, to be holy like Him, and He wants you to forgive for your own sake. Yes, yes. because it's you, for us, not for the other. You person. are in bondage, and you're not going to grow in Christ, and the Holy Spirit's not going to have free reign in your own life. So forgive for, for yourself. And the other thing is uh, try to stay away from that man. He is not safe. Yeah. Uh, and even stay away. stay away, please get yourself into a safe uh, environment, a safe place. Let me uh, answer a question myself here. It says, hi, pastor. I'm in a small group setting with a mixture of old and new believers as well as seekers. What is the best approach to tackle this issue with folks that strongly believe one way or another without getting into an in-depth Bible study? Okay, well, first off, make sure that you keep it a small group and not a Bible study. That's number one. So don't start opening the Bible and start teaching it. The, our small groups function that you talk about the weekend's message uh, and you to unpack about what's the deal, how does this apply to you, how do you wrestle with these things, what can we pray with you around those issues. But secondly, I would say um, get in your small group uh, and watch this podcast together. I think this will help them enormously. Um, and I think that you need to have, again, the word of God be speaking even into those new believers. And if they're seekers, uh, they need to hear the word of God and they should pop, uh, possibly you should instruct them to get to our starting point class, which is uh, designed for people who are seeking faith. Uh, and if they're not Christians yet, we don't expect people to agree with us if you're a, not a Christian. We don't expect that. Uh, the Word of God is for people who are following God. Uh, the morals of the Word of God are for, people, for the people who God has saved. So that's going to be always a tenuous uh, situation. Get them into starting point so that they can hear the gospel, so they can start to kick the tires of Christianity, learn about what Jesus has done, understand the reliability of the scriptures and why Jesus is the only way, but also watch this podcast together. I hope that you can have a better conversation around these things biblically wise after watching this or last weekend's message. We're also in the process of actually writing a Sunday school curriculum for churches that mm -hmm. will be based on God's word and truth, combining the biblical and the practical, putting them both together, probably a, a four to six week series on that, which um, 
but we'll, uh, of course, once we get it finished, we'll get it over to you and you can yeah. review it. And I, I'm sure it's theologically. I'm thinking or, that we need to have a class around these things. I mean, it's just because, and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have a class that is devoted to this one, this one, like, again, the conversation that keeps coming up is, well, this one sin, this one sin. And I hear you, but you're obviously not paying attention to culture and the trajectory of culture. And it's just like the devil to want the church to shut up about something that he is getting the chance to do all the talking about. Mm -hmm. It's just like the devil to do that. Do we have any shows like Will and Grace that are all based on drinking? Right. Do we have any the the Alcoholic yeah. Olympics? Do, you know, or, yeah. or Pride Month for you know. <laughs> Uh, whatever for I'm child saying, molestation or right. for you know uh, stealing this, from the that's office. Right. This <laughs> issue is forefront and center, and that's why as Christians we're always saying, "Why don't you go helping the poor and feed the poor and the needy?" And we we do all that. We kind do of stuff. do that, yes. but it's yes. important. This is the issue that's at the forefront, yes. and we need to address it because this is what's the entire country. They're lighting up the White House in rainbow colors because yeah. of this issue. Mm -hmm. And you know the thing about it is too, uh, I, I make a deal with the world. I make a deal. We will stop talking about it the moment you stop talking about it. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> I like it. I like Let's that. make that deal. <laughs> if you tamper down your lingo, I will tamper down discussing the Christian's response to your lingo. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is that you're out there in the world telling people that is harmful to them, we, the church, the body, the hands, feet, and mouthpiece of Jesus have a divine imperative to speak truth to that lie for the good and the benefit of those who might be harmed by it. Anyway, this has been like the fastest hour I've ever had on this podcast. It has been awesome to have you both with us. Amen. Uh, so grateful for this past weekend. I we know are that too. Yes. We are too. It's such Thank a you. blessing. And I know that our church is very thankful for um, uh, the having you here. You know, I said, I said this to a couple of people about an hour before Saturday night service. I had like a mild little panic moment. Like, I can't believe we're doing a whole weekend about this. This is like crazy. What are we doing? Let's just preach about Jesus. And you know, I get over that and we get into the weekend and literally after the very first message and the first interview with you, Stephen, and I haven't felt this in a long time, but the only way I can describe it is I felt the pleasure of God. Amen. Like I felt God was just pleased. Thank you for doing my will in this, regard, in this regard. I told you I've never heard the message preached the way that you did, and I think you nailed it to where the Holy Spirit was all over you when you were preaching, and that issue was addressed. You cut right through everything. I've heard that message preached, I don't know how many times, and I've preached on First uh, or, uh, Romans chapter 1, but you, you really did an amazing job on that, and it was clear. I mean, I heard so many people coming out, oh my gosh, we love our pastor, I can't believe he addressed this issue, and I mean... You did good. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, water in the desert. That's what it felt like to yeah, me, too, for yeah. so many people. The Lord will multiply, and the fruit from this will be great. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And that's Amen. why it's going to be on our YouTube page. It's going to be on uh, the Facebook page, and you can share it with your friends. You can rewatch it. You can rewatch the message from last weekend. You can contact uh, sbmworldwide.com, Steve and Irene, or theparentsgroup.com, which for those parents, and I know you're out there, and I know some of you, and Waters Church are wavering about this because you love your kids so much. I'm telling you as your pastor, do not waver on the truth of God because you love your children. That is idolatry. It is elevating your children to the place of God in your own personal spiritual life, and it is sinful. You need to put God on the throne and your children as your children. Love them in Christ, but love them in the truth. Amen. And, and if you need to talk to somebody... This is the person right over here. Irene would love 
to talk to you. So theparentsgroup.com. And remember, parents, eternity, your child's eternity is at stake. Yes. That's the most important thing. A little uncomfortableness in this life is nothing compared to your child's Amen. eternity. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so glad for all of those who joined us on Facebook Live. We had a lot of people for uh, Facebook Live and glad to have you all join us. And those of you who listen to the podcast after Facebook Live, join us next Wednesday. Oh, no, not next Wednesday. Two Wednesdays from now. <laughs> next Wednesday, July 4th. So enjoy the 4th. God bless you, everybody. Thank you, Stephen and Irene. Thank you. Thank we, you. We, we will do it. this again. So Amen. I guarantee Amen. Look forward to it. it. Amen. <laughs> this was The Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We're located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.